You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy NBA Draft Day, and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name is Tony East, and I cover the team for Forbes in the West Indianapolis communities, and joining me in the midst of already a pretty frenzied and chaotic offseason, it's only been two days of player movement. Adam Friedman, former Indy Corners rider extraordinaire. Adam, how's it going? Pretty good. A lot of a lot of moves happening. Not not a lot in the last you know twelve hours, but a crazy first or crazy like what twelve hours in, nothing happened, and then everything happened overnight. Yeah, my gosh, I was just about to go to bed. Isn't that always how it goes? Oh, I I woke up and, and Marina said to me, "Hey, Gerard got traded." Or she said, "Did you see what happened?" Or something about tell me the trade. And I'm like, "Wait, he got traded? What? Huh? Where?" So Giroud trade happened. I was actually recording our show from yesterday. Go check that out. It's a mock draft, which is applicable for today. And then the the Bogdan trade happened right before I went to bed. But anyway, we're the what we're going to do today for three segments. The Pacers don't have a first round pick. Prep preparing for their draft day. We've done a lot. I still want to do something. So what we're going to do is first segment here. We're going to kind of look at. Two of the trade guys we, we said the Pacers – or three, I guess. Three of the trade guys we talked about as maybe the Pacers could get involved in. Two of them have been moved and one hasn't. So we'll look at those situations in greater detail now that they've happened. Then we'll go into the draft, uh, what it's you know what we anticipate the Pacers could do. I wrote an article about it, so now my thoughts are all fully formed. We heard from Pacers uh, Vice President of Player Personnel, Ryan Carr, right? We have all the information we need to, to talk about that stuff. And at the end, um, we'll dig into Vic and Miles trade stuff because as we see other guys get traded, we can get their values a little more solidly down. They could be traded on draft night and they could be moved for one of these guys in this segment. So this offseason, the biggest name we always talked about, Adam, was Drew Holiday. And I think the main reason, well, besides that he's really good, a big reason is right connections to Indiana between his wife and his brothers and he's a good fit because he can defend wings and he's just really good um and and we kind of centered these trade packages for drew and we would discuss it around miles and the required salary and then some other asset or two and the bucks just said no screw that we're gonna give them bledsoe who whatever neutral value george hill probably a little higher than neutral value because he can shoot and every first round pick we flip and can and we're gonna just going to get them. They gave up the Pacers pick in this draft, 24, uh, a 2025 unprotected first, and a 2020, or maybe a 2024. 2024 and 26 yeah. first, and then 25 and 27 swaps. First, and yeah, and then swaps in 25 and 27. So the Pacers can't, could not have realistically beaten that, right? Like they could have, yes, they could have traded more stuff, but Drew Holiday is not worth that to them because they're not trying to convince a guy like Giannis to stay on their team. Yeah, we should real quick press it is ten twenty Eastern. So let's say you wake up and something happened. <laughs> yeah. We will not talk about that because it is it is that time. We'll probably recording until maybe eleven Eastern. Um, yeah, I, I I think the the with all the moves, pretty much actually with both the Chris Paul and the um, move with with, with uh, Drew Holiday to Milwaukee, what it shows is two teams that have what they believe are franchise players that they have to convince to stay, and that's where the Pacers really can't beat those offers because they're not that desperate because they don't have they're not in the situation right the thing with the pacers you know if this was the paul george pacers you you make those moves because he's that good of a player right he's possibly i mean obviously this year he's well well at the time you build the addendum that this kind of also shows they're not trying to convince depot to stay a little bit right 
Yeah, well, Deep Boy isn't that player. I mean, he, he right. barely That's was that player true. for a year. I mean, he, he was maybe it for a year, and I can be like, he well, he wasn't even even a franchise, you know, number one guy even that one year. I mean, he was a top 25 player, top 20, but not top 10. And Booker isn't quite top 10, but like Booker has potential to be a top 10 guy in the next yeah. three or four years, and that's where it's different. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I think what this, this both moves just kind of show for the Pacers is like the goal for most of these teams, which the Booker one kind of sucks because they could have taken Booker over Turner in hindsight, frankly. Um, I think Giannis too was also in that draft, wasn't he? Or, yes. Yeah. Right. No, 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 no. No, he was, but he was in the year where the Pacers had a pick where they could have, maybe not, maybe the, he was right before them. Um, anyways, I digress. That like, you have to have the superstar and then you start making desperation moves. You don't just make desperation moves to make desperation moves. And so like, that's why the Pacers are not going to probably make a move in the next couple of days. That's anything like crazy besides them moving assets to gain more assets. Does that make sense? Yeah, to get, they can't, the, the way the Pacers are right now, right? They still have to get to the point of, being a move away to, to you know they're still a chunk away from being even a conference semifinals team maybe not a chunk away but they're still a, that step away throwing two picks and swaps and good stuff at drew holiday right now is a little risky for them again they're not trying to convince me to stay they'd clearly be better but they're hemorrhaging their future he could not stay they're not trying to again like you said convince anyone to stay that's a hefty ass price for drew holiday so that is just a lot chris paul in his insane contract, he's worth that he was a top ten player last year. But so you know, he he's in, he's kind of injury prone at his age, and again he could decline at any moment because he's super old. So the the return for him was Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, Jalen Lequi, Ty Jerome, who was a first round pick last year and a first round pick in twenty twenty two. So that would you know that probably I mean we talked about Victor and Miles for him. That's probably. Cl- Close in value. Yeah, you could probably have beat the Chris Paul trade, but Chris, but the way that ship was built, Chris Paul was going to choose where he wanted to go. They weren't going yeah. to uh, just trade him anywhere. So like that wasn't really gettable. I mean, just because of that story. Because Chris Paul, they had basically they they made a deal with Chris Paul, kind of to help rebuild his value. That they let him go where he wanted to go. Basically, would help him. You know, obviously wouldn't be an unreasonable move, but anywhere he could keep his contract, basically they would send him, and that was what happened. And there. he was sort of a dream. When he was never a real target for the Pacers, right? Like, like Indy with Drew kind of always made sense anyway. And then George George Carl, I believe, yeah, he used the former Nuggets coach who actually tweeted about Drew trades and tweeted about the Pacers being a team potentially calling, right? So there was some actual like they were very small, but there were actual well, and, links to that. But. And George Carl is the king of the three guard lineups. Yes, like, like he's like the founding father of that with the Sonics back in the '60s, right? Or not '90s, '90s, '90s. Wow! Wow! I flipped my, I flipped the nine into a six in the yeah. '90s, and then he did it with, again with the Nuggets when they brought in AI in the mid 2000s. Right. So oh. they 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 just couldn't have beat that Bucks offer, right? It doesn't. It, let me phrase that. It doesn't make sense for them to be beating that Bucks offer. No, no the, of course the Bucks are in a position where like. As, as long as they re-sign Giannis, those first-round picks are not worth anything because they're just 20 well, the, the late ones picks. might be. The latest ones might be, but no, but most I'm saying of Gian- them are not. Yeah, but if Giannis has a five-year mask and they, and they win a championship, that means he'll probably re-sign. Maybe right. not, but maybe he will, right? If he so signs like, Supermax, 100% worth it. Done. Doesn't matter even yeah, the I mean, championship to me. Yeah, and, and their picks are just not – I mean, the 29th pick is just not that valuable. I mean, I can right. name one good player who went at 29. His name is George Hill, and that's meaning – it's more you to be lucky at that spot than good, I guess. It could be one really good pick, one at the end, but still. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe twenty twenty seven by then, right? That'll be honest, it'll be like thirty two yeah. by then. But like, they still have a pick too. They don't. It swapped the Pelicans, and who knows where the Pelicans will be in by twenty twenty seven? For all we know, I mean, well, it's only know. they they get the worst. It's not an actual swap. They get the worst of the two picks, but still, yeah. Well, um, that, that's that, that's what I mean. Like, who's to say in twenty twenty seven the Pelicans aren't worse than the Bucks, right? 
and then the pick, pick doesn't matter, right? One's picking one, one's picking yeah. four, right? For example, in the you know that's that's all I'm saying. It's like, that far down for pick swaps is not. I mean, it could work out. It worked out for Boston a bunch, but who knows? The other trade for the Bucks was Bogdan Bogdanovich. Bogdan, I don't know exactly how you say his first name. Uh, we talked about him in our free agent shooting guards thing as a possibility, right? Also potentially via sign and trade. You know, the, the Kings um, are, in an, are in an interesting crossroads, so anything was available for them. The trade for him was um, DiVincenzo, who is a really nice, solid asset. Um, Ersan Eliasova for the salary, and why can't our, DJ Wilson, former uh, pick right before TJ Leaf in 2017. So that's that's interesting value to me. I'm surprised that the, the Kings sold him for that. The Pacers probably could have got involved at about that level, but that's about the level of giving up like a Turner, basically. So that that's tough, but they could have done that. Yeah, I, I think the Kings have decided they want to build it around Buddy Heald, which was that was they had, they had to pick one of the two. Yep. Um, because they both played the same spot, and, and I guess I don't. I think the fit with Devin is better than Turner. If that makes sense. It is. Um, it is right because they they have um. Bagley, uh, who's kind of a center. At, I mean, he plays four, but really should probably play center in the modern NBA once they figure that out. And just it's just not a good – I mean, it's just a better fit to have DiVincenzo, who maybe isn't really even a starter. I don't know he's that quite, but he's got good potential, and he is going to have to be your sixth man. I mean, he's kind of been that with the Bucks for the last couple of years. Yeah, it probably takes – like we talked about this before the show, probably takes Buddy off the table as an option. Uh, I'm yeah. imagining the Kings now – See him Which we starting. can talk about later, but that, that's actually a big deal. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, and you know they probably view him as a starting shooting guard. They get, he got an extension last summer, right? That they clearly have some faith in him. So I'd imagine again that he is no longer available. But the reason he was at some point, anyways, because of his own thoughts, and maybe more so than the team. So who knows if he actually ever even was available? So the last guy, we kind of were like, okay, maybe the, the the Pacers could get involved. This guy of actual guys who could get moved, right? Not just like us pipe dreaming. Was Gordon Hayward. Uh, Gordon Hayward did a whole pod with Lockdown Celtics host John Corrales about that sort of machinations. There are a lot of ways it could go down. You you did that podcast, not Gordon Hayward. Yes, sorry, yes. You Me you and and John Corrales did a podcast about Gordon Hayward. Hayward. Yeah. About you know he how he could opt into his thirty four million and be an expiring deal that is then traded to the Pacers for a ton of salary, or he could opt out and then sign a longer deal at a lesser salary, um, and then the Celtics inherently take back less salary. Uh, but his deal is longer, so that, that you know a lot of people doing him a favor there. There are ways it happens, right? So he today, very interesting news. So he and the Celtics. I want to get the exact phrasing. Zach Lowe of ESPN with this report. My gosh, I just apparently can't scroll. It's Gordon Hayward and the Celtics are working to extend the deadline on Hayward to decide on his thirty-four point two million dollar player option for next season from today to Thursday afternoon. That's after the draft. So that basically means. I mean, the, the sides are willing to agree that they're working on something together, right? Because both parties have to have a reason to do that. So that might mean that Hayward's on the move. It might mean that he is mulling over a longer extension with the Celtics. It might mean that he is looking to see what a team that he has eyes for is doing in the two days coming, right? The draft is still coming up the next day. So it could mean a lot of things, but it's certainly going, it's, it's like kind of, it's not a step that had to happen necessarily, but if you if you knew that it's a thing that could happen, you might say that would be quote step one for if the Pacers were going to land him, how it would happen. Yeah, so the teams in play for Hayward Pacers and probably the Hawks, the top two, right? The Celtics are the top one. <laughs> then well, the yes, I mean if yeah. if if we assume they're renegotiating to move Hayward, because is what seems like it's happening. 
in some way. I mean, unless they're just trying to reduce his cap number so they can not pay luxury tax, which could be the move. I mean, that's that's fair to think because um, they've made it clear they don't want to pay the tax this year. Um, but if, if he is going to get moved, the two teams, I mean, Atlanta is probably actually the favorite because the pick they have is more valuable than the patient can offer. Oh, no, no, no. They would just sign him with cap space. Why would they give up the pick for him? Well, the, oh, yeah, they have the cap. Well, then why is he – well, maybe Atlanta's not in the I'm, – I'm trying to think why would they – I guess you think he's playing to see if Atlanta will give him a deal. What was floated is right. The, the, the Hawks basically just doing the Celtics a favor of well, like we will literally just, you trade him to us for nothing and you get this giant trade exception instead of him just turning down his option and signing with us. Right. So that's, Oh, I gotcha. How much would the trade trade exception for him be as large as his salary? If it's just him for nothing. So they would have $34 million trade exception, which basically gets you anything. And that lasts for how long? And that's huge, a full year, and that's huge for the Celtics, right, who are trying to build a good team that they can just trade a pick and not have to match salary for anyone. So the Hawks, though, are an interesting factor in this story, right, especially if you believe, and, you know, the Pacers, the rumblings are there. I've heard some stuff that maybe they are trying to get Hayward. Um, I don't know exactly how hard they're pushing or what the deal would be or anything like that. And, and the national reporting was, was eons ahead on this. It's already been talked about. But it's certainly a possibility, and the Hawks could just be a leverage play here from really either team, right? Because the Celtics could say, you know, they could they could flash this in Kevin Pritchard's face and go, look, look, like if you don't trade more for him, he's just, you know, we're going to say no, and then he'll just be on the Hawks. Or the, the Pacers could say, well, look, you, you better trade him to us for, for, for whatever we're offering because if not, he's going to opt out and go to the Hawks, right? So both teams could really use this in their favor, so it might be a net neutral. But still interesting uh, that that factor is at play. Yeah, for the Pacers, though, he'd have to opt out and resend kind of really make it fit in some cap. I wasn't giving up. Like, because I was, the, or at least they have to find a third team to move other assets to. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's tough because, right, we've talked about on the show the Pacers tax concerns right now. So if he does end up opting in and coming to the Pacers, I mean, they have to trade a lot of salary out to just get him. And they don't, they, you know, they don't want to get more salary than they'd have less chance of yeah because holiday so because if, if they move um turner and lamb but does it fall in 125 percent i think or get really close it does to but it? then the pacers are taking on they're in the yeah. tax all of a sudden right yeah. well that no, no i don't know quite in the tax but they're right up there's no mid-level they, they would be in the tax oh they would be i thought they would be barely like, just barely Barely. okay so like yeah. a few hundred dollars uh, i mean they, get, they still have ways to get out but then also they just did a two for once they still have to sign other guys and yeah they'd be a tax team if they did that so they, they could throw on leaf that would clear space. <laughs> that's true it's a tough machination to figure out but um for those of you who are looking for the big swing here come the pacers they're going for the the damn thing next year and there's a lot of merit to this being the time to do that there's some merit to you know maybe post vic being the time to do that uh, but anyway, if you were looking for, I think Hayward's the best chance that's still out there and realistic. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. And he makes the most sense. Cause he's what 30 this year. He's clearly has potential. If his, he's good. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's good. If he's healthy. I mean, that's about the only issue. If he can't stay healthy, but he's, he's good. And he arguably, if you move him, he kind of replaces Vic at some point. Definitely concerns about his age, his injury history and, and his potential decline. But you, know, he, well, you probably he, actually want him to opt out and re-sign to some smaller deal so you can lock him up for more years, but yeah. maybe give him an extension. Maybe well, they could get – if he opts in and they trade for him, they could give him an extension right after they trade for him. Right, so maybe that's part of the deal. He has to take a three-year extension. Well, yeah. maybe – I don't know. Like a three-year what, – what, what is he worth? $20 million a year probably, realistically? I would say like three for 70 or something like three that. Three for 70? Okay. Yeah. But that, that's getting too far ahead of ourselves. Maybe you, you but, add two on for 46 then, right? Like it's, it's rare a player that good would have a reason to be enthusiastic about – 
living in Indianapolis, but Gordon Hayward is from here and his, his wife's family is from here as well. Uh, so lots of reasons for him to potentially be enthusiastic about coming back and, and growing a family here. So he just had a kid like in the bubble, oh, especially in, in the COVID times where like he basically yeah. isolated all the time. It'd be good to be back. Right. I think actually normally because Jeff Teague didn't like actually being here because all, you know, you have all your family yeah. bugging you about going sure. to games and whatnot, but you can't go to game right now. So maybe it might be good to be just home with your family. Right. You know, well, like, like Vic's hobbies, we've talked, you know, we've talked about why he might go to a big market, his hobbies of, of singing, right. Merit's like a coastal place where, you know, if you want to do that, it's easier to 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 do music industry stuff. Okay, I don't I don't buy that that much because you're an NBA player. You live in LA or thing. I know you live in Miami. You're in your big to go anywhere. I Vic wants out of here because of a lot of other. I'm not saying that's why he went out. Just another tip in the cap. But Gordon Hayward hobbies are gaming, which he can do literally anywhere. But but yeah, it's rare they find a player that good who's enthusiastic about Indiana. It makes some sense to to maybe go. Well, it's why I think they're one draft him in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll out. see. That's something to keep an eye on because that got, again, pushed back to Thursday. I'm wondering if now it can be worked during the draft or around the draft with the Hawks potentially being involved here. The Celtics have picks too, right? So they could at least recoup a pick or two to draft. Right, somebody. and the Celtics have three picks, and they're probably trying to do something, right? There's been a lot of reporting, especially from Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer. They may be trying to trade Kemba for something, which is cr- pretty crazy. I mean, well, they try to get true holiday, but nobody wants Definitely has big injury concerns. I get why they would they would feel that way about Kemba at this point. So. Celtics could be up to something, and that's why they wanted to mutually agree to push him back to the, There's no reason to believe that this alone is just makes a Pacers trade more likely. But it, again, if if it was going to happen, this would be step one. So just keep an eye on. You know what's amazing though to go from they thought they were having Kyrie locked in for five more years to having Kemba <laughs> to wind up with him within a year. I mean, that's just. I mean, they, they did some nice job salvaging stuff, but man, that was yeah. Just, fortunately, Tatum's so good that they'll be fine. But yeah, yeah, man. But I mean, I. <laughs> If I'm Tatum, I'm concerned they're not willing to pay the tax. I mean, I, that's just concerning us because especially because they're good enough. They were an Eastern Conference finalist. Like usually, that's when you start to pay the tax. But yeah, they blow away past it when Smart was up for his extension. But the last thing, the last available guy is James Harden. Adam texted me about this. I made a joke about it on yesterday's show. Not about you, about the potential offer. But in theory, yeah, Miles Vick, every first and every swap on the on the Pacers can have. Maybe get some James Harden, but uh, I don't think he wants to be here. And he'd probably leave in two years anyway. So well, we're right. also we're also reaching that that point. I think where you know we've said oh they have two years play or don't play, but like you could start seeing a players who don't want to be somewhere protest does not play games. Yeah, Zach. Yeah. If you want to if you want to hear an end of the conversation about that low post with Zach. Lowe, yeah, I was going to say that's the best place to hear that. It was that's very good and interesting detail of like when does it go too far, but. Yeah, it was interesting. They they're not gonna trade for Harden. It's just fun to think about the, yeah. the assets. Maybe Westbrook though. Maybe Westbrook. Uh, yeah, he's crappy low, ass contracts. Like that low post nothing, contract, but, the, the, the low post with Winhurst also said the two most untradeable players right now are Oladipo and Westbrook. So that would make sense. Uh, the Every two team. guys that are trying to move that have no value are Oladipo and Westbrook. Yeah, I guess John Wall player would be John Wall and Westbrook, who ironically got linked in a trade today. But yeah, yeah again. Pacers not getting Westbrook or Harden. Don't have to worry yeah. about that. But yeah, yeah, just keep your eyes on Hayward. I think that if they do make a big move, that'll be the one. But let's move on because trade stuff is impossible to speculate. Very dynamic. We'll have to see how it goes. The draft is officially, officially today. I can't believe it. It's It's been forever. Normally, this is five months earlier in the year. Uh, it's been a crazy long offseason. And we got to talk about it. But first, we're going to take a break and talk about Locked On Pacers' favorite sponsor here. Built Bar, because Built Bar is making the best tasting protein bar ever. They're great for the health conscious guy who is trying to maintain or lose weight while indulging in something delicious as a snacky treat. They're 100% covered in chocolate protein bars that are soft and easy to chew. 
They have 18 amazing flavors. My favorite that I've always talked about on this show uh, is the peanut butter one, but they also have a good mint brownie one. They're all honestly delicious. Peanut butter brownie, also delicious. I, that used to be my favorite. Um, for example, the cookies and cream one, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. Super healthy. You go to builtbar.com right now. Use the promo code locked on at checkout. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's locked on at builtbar.com for 20% off. Locked on builtbar.com. All right, it's finally draft day, and it's a very boring draft day for the Pacers. Uh, we heard from Vice President, again, of, of player personnel, Ryan Carr, talking about it, right? They're only picking 54. They've interviewed hundreds, he said, of prospects via Zoom. Makes all the sense in the world. I know some of those have been as far back as June, even. Uh, they did not work out anyone in person. You know, you're picking 54th, low consequence at that point anyway. In COVID times, not really worth it. J. Michael Indy Star reporting that also the Thunder and Trailblazers and potentially other teams uh, are not working out guys in person as well. Both of those teams have well, had first-round picks. Uh, now just the Thunder have two. The Blazers traded theirs away. But anyway, um, yeah, that that's a crazy thing to hear. He said it was interesting because, you know, instead of face-to-face meetings with these prospects and, like, hotels and stuff, it's just like a teenager sitting in their parents' living room, which I thought was pretty funny to hear. But, yeah, it's draft day, Adam. Are you are you excited for the, uh, the 54th pick? Not for a single second. <laughs> That's just me. I mean, they, they've gotten value out of high fifth or guys in the fifties. Alize and Sumner are both in the fifties. Okay, but Alize may not be on the team next year, and Sumner Sumner is okay value. <laughs> yeah, Sumner is okay value. So we've we've talked about this ad nauseum of who they could get and stuff like that. But I really just want to walk through one last time on draft day some of the strategies and intricacies of this because I wrote about it, and I think now is a good time to. Review these things. Trade so, the pick along with Jaleef to clear cap space <laughs> to get Justin Holiday. That's what the move should be, but it might not be available. Yeah, that – well, I think there's another move that makes a lot of sense like that one because they could trade other picks that aren't in this draft to dump Leaf. Um, yeah, but they don't even – they clearly don't care about this draft. Uh, why? Because they didn't, they didn't interview anybody. Not that, like, they had They interviewed to, but, hundreds of dudes. No, I mean, they didn't bring anybody in. I know I get COVID and whatnot, but, like, I don't know. Like, you would think if you – like, you would – Bring somebody in. Maybe I'm completely wrong and it doesn't matter that pick, but like, and they also traded their pick anyways last year because they didn't care about this draft that much. I think it was that good. I mean, I they, they really valued Brogdon more than their pick is all that was, but yeah, but um, I also think it's fair to say that this draft is not that good of a draft. I mean, it, it could be, but in on paper, line, that's for sure. If you're looking for a role draft, player, so it's pretty why. good. If you're looking for a role player, it's pretty good. Maybe. I, I, per all indications, who knows? Who knows, but I'm saying in terms of just overall draft. You are so much less optimistic on the the process of scouting in the draft than I am. No, I I just mean every so often there are these drafts where like there's that many good players in. And like I think 2013 was the last one, right? The Anthony Bennett draft. Yeah. And so this is the worst draft draft in 2013. It's the worst draft since then, but it's a lot better than that at the same time. I mean, first of all, you can't – well, you you don't know for sure. Let's be real. (laughs) No, but I'm talking just perception going into it. Okay. I mean, you know, there were still gems, right? There was Giannis at 15 in that draft and Gobert at 27, but I just right. mean in general. And Depot. At <laughs> Depot at, yeah, two. But, like, there's not – there are very few in that draft actual role players. You know, they're, you know, super – I mean, there's – I mean, like, in the – basically depth-wise, it just starts to fall off. I mean, you have a lot of guys who aren't yeah. even playing the league anymore in that draft. That's not every draft, but it's just, it was especially a league draft. The reason I think that it's it's decently likely they make a pick and use different seconds to move off leaf, not that they don't do it at all, they just use different seconds, is because the veterans minimum, we've, we talked about this on past shows, the vet men 
for any player with two years of experience or more in the league is 1.62 million against the cap. Whereas if you draft a guy in the second round and you sign up to a minimum deal, it's a little less, barely, but it's a little bit less than $900,000 against the cap, right? So you're saving $700,000 there. Doesn't sound like much in the grand scheme of things, but if you're the Pacers and you're staring at the tax line going, oh shit, we're pretty close, that money matters a lot. And the difference of, you know, that could be the difference of, having a competitive offer on Justin Holiday in year one or something like that. Yeah, but, but why why can't you just go out and sign an undrafted free agent for the same amount of money? Because undrafted free agents have a higher uh, minimum because of exactly that reason. They want What's, their, guys, what's the minimum for undrafted? If you're undrafted, it goes back to the same amount as the two-year minimum because of exactly what you're saying right now. Because they want guys, they don't want guys, they don't want teams to not value the 54th pick versus undrafted for that exact reason. And it's okay. an incentive to draft a guy. And this okay. is it. It saves them $700,000 against the cap. So I think it's possible that they trade like two future firsts with Leaf and then use this pick. Now I also get two the future seconds, away. you mean? Yes, yes. I'm not, if they trade a first round pick to get up TJ Leaf, they should be flamed to death. Yeah, you know, they should fireproof the next day. Yeah, no, it'll just be seconds. But I get why they would do 54 this draft. If, the, you know, like, if like Adam said, they didn't work out anybody, right? If they don't like anybody, Okay, yeah, use that pick as one of them and, and get rid of him, get it over with, get your MLE guy. But you know, if there is merit to to making a pick just so you can have a little bit more flexibility, because I mean, what else are you can use the roster spot on at the point they're at? So they have thirteen guys on the roster right now. Uh, they have twelve because Jakar Alze and Justin Holiday are gone. Right. Okay. So they've got. So they can have what's what's the minimum? This it's fifteen, right? That 15 guys yes well you you have to have 14 uh to have a, a legal roster but yes 15 is the is I, I guess my thing was if, if you can move leaf yeah if like it's make a break you have to give up this pick to move a leaf I done do you it just do it right yep. like like well, even if you even if it's going to cost a little more you just have to do it because that's the only way to keep Justin holiday right i mean that's just like yes because or whatever the, mle guy right most likely holiday but uh, again having the full mle is still really valuable even if it's not just for justin yeah, well, and, yeah, and the thing too is, is if they so ideally, yes, you use other seconds to trade off of Leaf, but if you have to move that, even if you have to go and pay a veteran minimum, the money you save by getting getting rid of Leaf, the move you still create more movement, Definitely. At least, Definitely. right? You I can mean, do both. <laughs> I mean, and, and the odds are they'll probably if they need, and if you need space the last minute, you just bring back, you know. Alize and, J- and probably not Jakar, maybe because he can probably get more than maybe a little bit more than he's making. Maybe you can give him like one for two million dollars out of the minimum. But um, you just bring back Alize on, you know, his minimum deal because he's probably not getting any other offers. And you have his restricted free agent rights, so you can match anything he really gets if you wanted to. Um, so I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you're probably right. Do they use the pick because they they can move Leaf with other stuff? But I just I think the move still is if you can get rid of Leaf, get rid of Leaf. Yeah, I think I think if I had to rank the order, it'd be one, they make the pick, two, they dump it with Leaf, three, they sell it, and then four is is possible, unpredictable chaos nonsense. Um, so the, the problem with selling it is that like it provides no actual value to this team, right? Because yeah, it's, it's a slap in the face to fans and the roster, but right, because there's no way you do can't it all the time. You can't. It's not you. You can't go in the tax to pay just an holiday. So you can't use that money to pay a tax bill. Right. That's where you make sense. Right? No, it's, it's a huge slap in the face to fans to sell picks, but teams do it all the time. So 
their other first round picks after their own are they they're like Miami Heat first round picks right or like second but yes second round I'm sorry second round they're pretty let me go look at that I think they're one of them is not and they're pretty far out but let me go look but like is there any chance those picks are actually like in the 30s versus the fifth right right that's what I was gonna say about their timing being important um, like, because if more, one of them is good, you could probably just do one to get off. Because like if, if, if the Suns pick, let's say, is three years from now, I'm not sure if the Suns. Okay, they have you tell a, me they have a pick coming in from the Bucks. Uh, that is not from the the Heat trade. They have a second rounder from the Bucks next year that they got. Uh, do you remember when they traded Ek Anibogu for two Houston Rockets guys at the trade deadline in 2018? They got a second round. So pick. So that's the number of what 58, 59. Yeah, that's going to be awful next year. End of the uh, round. Okay. They have a 2021 second from Utah. They got that last year when they traded their second rounder to Utah. So mid 50s, probably again. Somewhere and then they have Miami. They have three seconds from Miami. 2022, which probably be awful. And then 2025 and 2026, which, which could be okay. Could be okay. Right. So those two are the valuable ones uh, that teams have been trying to get. Okay. So the Utah one could be fine, like 40s. Yeah, well, it probably it's probably the Pacers pick. I mean, it's gonna be in the range of that because they're usually at yeah. the same record every year. It feels like. Right. Um, yeah, they could have three seconds next year, right? And who cares? Their roster. Yeah, really so you set. definitely so you'd rather move next year's picks because you can't roster three second round picks most of the time, yeah. anyways. So the fourth thing on that list of things they ranking the order they might do on draft night. I guess four is just like an adjacent list because that was the ranking of things they could do at fifty four. The adjacent list is like they trade in. They get a first-round pick for Victor or Miles, even though it doesn't sound like Victor has the, even that much value per the reporting from Brian Windhorst. But, you know, that kind of stuff, I can't tell you how likely it is or, or what the chances are it happens. Listen to yesterday's mock draft if you want to hear what uh, some of the first-round picks fit with, with the Pacers could be. But, um, yeah, it's, it, that stuff just I, – I can't predict it or say, you know, how likely or unlikely it is. I would say them actually picking a guy that they plan on keeping in the first round seems kind of unlikely, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, do you want to do this now or do you want to take a break and talk about, like, Vic stuff and trade stuff with Mom and Vic? I mean, that's kind of uh, like, a little bit. Let's do the draft part and then talk about trades with them. So, so well, the draft. Stuff a little bit, yeah. What else? With, with, with you went, Okay, so I mean, like. Well, I don't know. Like, do you feel like they could move up in the second round, I guess? If they don't really like anybody, though, it's probably unlikely. No, they didn't. I mean. Dude, I guess do teams often move up in the second round? I, I know. I mean, you can buy a pick. Obviously, you can do other things, but like teams trade second round picks around in the, on draft day. Maybe <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Yeah, if I you mean, really they, love somebody, they bought, they bought the Sumner pick just like out of nowhere. In yeah, I mean, if they really love somebody and they think that can be around fifty four, sure. But yeah, most teams also don't want to like trade seconds themselves because they just don't want to be the team that like traded a guy and you took a second pick they end up being an all-star and then they're like holy fucking idiots two years later <laughs> right i mean that's part of it part of part of this game is not making a stupid move at the same time right like you can always plead ignorance oh we just did, like the like the draymond green pick right the 35th pick if a team had traded that and the team took draymond that team that traded him is going to look even stupider right right the to pick away or like i mean i think a, a easy one was it the kings who had the 11th pick or was it the nuggets with the 11th pick when the donovan mitchell Whoever had uh, that, that was pick. the Nuggets. Oh right. wait, he got picked thirteen with with the Nuggets pick at eleven. I think was the Kings. Okay, whatever it was, the trade they made to get him makes that team look worse because they, you know what I mean, right? Because they could have just taken the guy, the best player. But I don't know. I mean, I, I think the goal the Pacers is to is we talk about this in a second, but it's to accumulate assets, right? I mean, at this point, they're in a they're in the mode where like they have enough players on contract to field a pretty decent team. They're probably not good enough to win a championship, so they need to collect assets to maybe go after and get a yeah, bigger guy at some point. Make the championship, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, that's the last part of drafting that could be happening is how do they get the assets? It'd be a Vicar Miles trade. But I, I don't think any first round picks this year are I mean, maybe it's an asset that got Chenega, but like it's kinda like the uh buying a car off a, a lot right. thing. No, it, it, would not, it would be useless to it on a pick this year, I think. Unless yeah. unless you know. it's some big Hayward three teamer that pick gets rerouted on draft night. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, Let's but take you, one more you break. Hayward, you need two moves ultimately, unless you're only getting a Villadipo. Maybe. You lose turning, you need another move. But yeah. whatever. All right, let's take one more break and, and and talk about, you know, Vic and Miles trades that could, I guess, happen on draft night. So pinpointing where Oladipo and Miles maybe fits, might be fits in a trade. We've kind of done this. Um, specifically could lead to where, seeing where, you know, maybe they get a first on tomorrow's draft, right? That's what you wanted to do here? Yeah, I mean, there uh, – Let's start off with this. The the odds of them getting a first round pick, they probably have to move both Old Depot and Turner in some move to get a, like to accumulate up for like one, let's say high teens pick even, right? Like neither of them severally probably yields a pick in the top twenty, but maybe together with some combination, Turner probably can, gets a you a late late teens pick. I think maybe. I mean, he probably gets you like the the Celtics one, which is like twenty. What do they have? What picks? Twenty six. Twenty six and twenty four, right? Or something like that. Twenty six and thirty. Thirty, right? And then maybe you can use both those picks to go get a 20 pick, right? Maybe. But, like, maybe. That, that's a big – maybe. I mean, Vic, right, the the Mavs one has been talked about. I just don't – I mean, I don't know why you're the Mavs. You feel like you give a pick for a Vic right now. Nobody's offering anything. You just say contracts, take it or leave it kind of thing. Yeah, with Windhorst saying – I forget exactly what it was. Basically, he said that Westbrook and Oladipo have no value. And I can't, I can't tell – my guess is he means literally, like, like no one is willing to give up stuff for them, but I can't, I, w- I was thinking I was listening to it while walking around today. If he's actually saying that, or if he's really saying like compared to what you'd expect for Russell MF Westbrook or Victor Oladipo, like they're not getting that level of offer. I imagine though it's the second one. And if that's the case, yeah, Depot's not getting moved for a first either way. And you know, Milwaukee was a team that had been linked to him. They're off the table. Now they already made their deal. Um, you know, Chris Paul's already been moved. So teams, I don't, I don't know that any team so- wanted Chris Paul or Depot, but the market is shrinking. So the the Mavs one for Depot probably actually makes the most sense. I mean, of any team, right? I, I think we definitely I just because one, if he ends up flaming out, they can easily withstand that because they have two really good players in Chris Stops and, and Luca, anyways. And if in the cap space still, even if he walks away, or whatever. But if he turned out to be good and worked with them, then all of a sudden they have their big three for the next two or three years, and they go because the East, the West is sort of loading up, right? It's an arms race for every team, and the Mavs will probably be good next year but like there's going to now be what nine good teams again 10 good teams even if you have the you know rockets and um thunder drop off now you have the suns are going to be competitive blazers still going to be competitive those were the you know nine and ten teams last year so it's not like the it, the west is much harder to to make it farther than the east and you have to kind of like load up on assets it's kind yeah. of load up on big name players um the next the other one yeah, team, go ahead. Go is that what you're gonna say what i was just looking through the betting list of teams that you know, Victor Oladipo's next team have traded. Mavs are number one, right? And I think we both agree that that you know they have the the, the pick that made sense. Although if his, his value is nothing, they're not going to give up eighteen for him. Yeah, um, the question yeah. is next year they'll probably have a well, maybe not. They might have the same level of pick, and so they, and next year yeah. draft will be more valuable. So they're not going to probably do that. Yeah. So the the next team on this list is the Knicks. They're not giving up eight for him. So who knows what their draft would night you, ends up? Looking could you get like a top twenty protected from them for a bunch of years? Maybe. 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 That's possible, yeah, but it's again they could only be getting it for one year. Who knows how much they they want to do that? The next team, you see, this is where this all gets. Well, you get a trade exception, right? If they moved him for no money, 
Yeah, the Pacers would get a giant trade. That might be more valuable, to be honest. That might be a good value for him at this that point. That is true. That I is mean, true. Just because that way they don't they technically lose the asset for nothing. They have a way to get another player. Right. Right. $21 million is a good trade exception. Yep. I know you, I know you can't package it with anything else, so that makes the issues and whatnot. But, but just like, taking a guy in, you have a year to do it, right? It could end up happening next offseason even, so it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I mean, that might, act, I mean we, that might actually be like – the best asset you can get for him at this point, kind of the same with, with Hayward. <laughs> like, like the Knicks second rounder is probably pretty high, maybe next year plus a trade exception. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean the, the other team right would be this is probably not for Vic, but was probably for Turner move was the Kings. But with we said this before, but with Buddy Healed basically, or them trading Bogdan and not Buddy Healed, we assume they're going to keep Buddy Healed, which makes really any trade right. with him off the books now. Yeah, they're they're probably a harder team to target now. Um, maybe they're, and maybe they're even taking a step back and focusing on building and, and Turner's probably a little too old and not quite, you know, the level of guy you'd go. I don't know. I feel like he's what, 24. Yeah. That's, that's about prime age in the NBA. So, well, isn't prime age like 27 to 30 usually? Uh, I disagree with that. Most people say that, but I disagree with that. Okay. <laughs> I think it's like yeah. 24 and 25. Well, the reason they say that is because they look well, at all this guy's the guys. Advanced stats peak is about 24, 25, but also, See, to me, anecdotally, it makes sense that it'd be higher 20s because, like, your athleticism starts to win, but you get smarter, right? So, where is Yeah, well, look, well, I say look, look at championship years for most of the top guys when they first win the yeah. championship. LeBron, 28, Jordan, 28. I, I think that's because of the way contracts work out, but yeah, that, that, that's fair. I mean, that, that very well. I'm missing usually guys when, when they're the best players win the championship in their 20s, late 20s, yeah. usually. That's like when they but get their first one. The other trouble with Vic Trades, too, is now with this Harden stuff, the Nets and Sixers are two teams pretty high up on the odds list. They're holding all their assets for Harden. They're not going to give up shit for Depot now, right? So, so, so the market is shrinking pretty rapidly, uh, and it's well, already they starting. They could have they bring Vic back, though. That's the one thing. Yeah, they're probably going to, given what he said to the media. But I, I think there's there's still probably uh, in trade talks for both Turner and Bella Depot. But I I don't know anything, but I think they are. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I we were talking about this this morning, but like my biggest concern bringing Vic back at this point is like. Is he going to try to be his 27, 18 self, but not have the athleticism and kind of sabotage the season in some way? And I know that's, you told me it's kind of coaching, but like, I just worry then, and then pretty much you're losing for nothing. I mean, then there's no team trading for him and there's leading with a free agency and it's kind of a mess. But uh, for his sake, you hope not because he needs to show something to be able to get a nice contract. So, but I don't know. I just concerned about that, I guess, back in my mind. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how that shakes out. I don't think he'll be that much of a negative going into the year. Maybe he will be. Uh, it's certainly possible, but. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't think like he's going to be like a Jimmy Butler kind of move where he's like just a tantrum. But I, I just do wonder. I mean, we saw shades of it kind of in the bubble where like, and that's because we felt like they had to use him. But like, where he was like, I'm just going to try to score here and got it stripped or couldn't get to the rim or whatnot. And I just, and maybe he, get, and maybe he lets him back and where does a moot point? And he ends up being great the first half, and they trade him and the trade line for some real assets, and we move on. But like, I don't know. I, I am worried about that for just at least a little bit. Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt that happens very much so, as yeah. I texted you many times this morning, but it's not, it's not impossible. Uh, with Turner, the teams are also, I mean, it was already kind of a smaller list, but uh, the teams are not not a robust group. You know, if the Kings are out, suddenly it's like the Pelicans, maybe, the Spurs, maybe. Um, I mean, the Boston trade makes the most sense, I think. Yeah, Boston for Hayward makes a lot of sense, but I if still can, think that that doesn't make, I still personally think that doesn't make a lot of sense for the Celtics, but other people seem to. Well, right. So, like, if it's a three, well, no, could they get a three teamer involved where then they get the trade exception from, let's say, the Knicks and the Knicks move him? You know what I mean? And then, you know, they throw in their late first to the Knicks and they also send a first to the Pacers and then they take on 
I guess what? it doesn't make <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, right. We were talking about this earlier, but like the trade exception for Hayward might be the most valuable thing they can get for him too. Disagree. Very much disagree. You didn't get a real asset for Hayward. Miles Turner is worth more than a trade exception. There you go. Why no, I guess maybe I'm thinking they want both the trade exception and Turner. If that makes sense. That's impossible. Right. So that's probably not possible. The best no, thing. Like legally, Pacers, that is not how trade exceptions work. Oh, okay. So there's no way to retain <laughs> with it. Okay. No. Um, then what I was going to say is I think the best move for the Pacers to get Hayward would be him to, Opt into a lower contract and then get traded, sign and trade. Right? Opt three out, for, sign and trade at a lower. Three for yep. seventy yep. with a low first year, especially like let's say the first year is whatever those you can do with. I mean, I think the number be like in the low twenties or like twenty two, maybe twenty five, right? If you scale it up eight percent a year, something like whatever the max you can do bonus wise, um, because then that helps Pacers clear the room to get Holiday this year. Hey, we also would lose this year's less money anyway, so it's actually it's better to have backloaded contracts, and it, I don't know, it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's if, if they could if the Pacers can pull that off and they can figure out how to get that all rolling, who knows? And yeah, you know what? As these trades happen, it just keeps evolving and it all keeps impacting other teams. And everyone's going crazy on the phones right now. Uh, it's a, it's a very active trade group, so we'll have to see what happens. But uh, I'm looking forward to this insane draft day and this off season of trades has already been fun and interesting. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm with you. That's me. Yeah, anything else you're looking out for today? The next the next 48 hours are going to be crazy. Yeah, we, our draft recap show will probably be like, okay, here's they picked at 54 and two senses about him. Okay, so here's all the other crazy shit that went down. Yeah, they might make a move tomorrow. I think they could. So we'll see. Yeah, might. It might. We'll have to see. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the draft, and hopefully the Pacers drafted the player of your dreams, the future MVP of the league. We will talk to you guys tomorrow, and see you then.